Imagine bold, naturally aged Tillamook cheddar slices melting over a burger, eating handfuls of thick-cut cheddar shreds straight from the bag, taking a bite out of an irresistibly bold block of extra sharp cheddar cheese. <sighs> we know you want to get back to streaming, but wasn't it nice to daydream about cheese for a bit? Tillamook cheddar, extraordinary dairy. Hulu is coming in hot this month with new shows, new movies, and all new seasons of your faves. Don't miss FX's Clipped, the story of one NBA team's racial reckoning, starring Lawrence Fishburne. Stream a new season of Shorzy, the underdog hockey comedy that might just knock your teeth out. Then catch the high-speed drama Ferrari, starring Adam Driver and Penelope Cruz. Kick your streaming into high gear this month with so much new stuff to watch on Hulu. Walk into a stadium, 8,000 people, they all want you to lose. But as long as you got your 26 guys ready to kick ass, or kick butt, you're going to be all right. Sorry, I swear. What's going on, everyone? I am sitting in a hotel room, in a bed specifically, that belongs for at least a little bit to Jake Mintz. Jake Mintz is here. Jordan Schusterman's here. I am smelling them in the flesh, and you are listening to a Shock Factor episode. That, it's live in the flesh, right? Is this, well, I'm Jake Mintz. That's Jordan Schusterman. That's Stephen Shock. And, and this is your 2023 College World Series preview. We are here in Omaha, Nebraska. The teams are too. We're in the same hotel as LSU in Wake Forest. Yesterday, we saw Tommy White picking up his... His DoorDash, which Steve we love to we love to see as a former DoorDash driver. Yeah, and frequenter of the app, and he he got it, it appeared to be the cheddar ruffles. Oh, we don't have to dox his order here. I mean, I'm not on. trying to dox his whole order. I'm trying to give props because great order. Well, I just want to say that seeing Tommy White picking up his DoorDash is like that's such a perfect Omaha Mad Lib. It just is a great way to kind of set the tone for the weekend. I'm so excited to be here. We are going to preview the World Series uh, on this episode. Later tonight, after we go to Media Day here um, at the Chuck Box, we will record another episode after we talk to all the teams and see how they make us feel. But for now, we are going to just talk about the teams as if we have no biases whatsoever, even though we already definitely do have biases. Including Steve having gone to one of the schools. <laughs> but let's begin at the top of the bracket, the Quake Forest Demon Squeakins, a.k.a. the number one team in all the land. How did this team get here? Well, they took their postseason opponents to the farm upstate. They teepee their houses and they pants their grandmothers, outscoring them 150-0. to zero. That's not real. In their five games so far. But their run, dif- far off. <laughs> run differential so far is the biggest margin heading into the College World Series in NCAA history, which is outrageous. This is the number one team in the country. They have been the best team in the country all season long. Steve, what is this team's deal? Explain them to me. They are the best baseball players, and I don't think they really even realize it, or they just operate with this confidence of, okay, we're good, we know it, we're going to go to this game, and we're going to win it. And it's just the overall vibe of the team is so interesting because it's just a bunch of guys who are trying to have fun playing baseball, like, as opposed to the other seven teams, the other teams here. are having horrible. Yeah, fun. but that's they, true. Yes, they're having. They're that's that's their number one goal is to have fun. Yeah, no, like that's their whole goal. Like if they win, great, but they really just want to have a good time with each other. Yeah, which you got to appreciate and love. It's just like us. The other thing that you should know about this team, right? So they play in what I call "Honey, I Shrunk the Ballpark," where the fences are closer than me and Jordan's relationship. Oh, but the live studio audience, I know it's like that, but the reason that (laughs) they have been the best team in the country this year is because they saw this small ballpark and they said, we need to strike everybody out. And then they did. It worked genius. Uh, But I will say this uh, about the, particularly their two best hitters uh, in Brock Wilkin and Nick Kurtz is that, especially Wilkin, it's like, oh, small ballpark, oh my God, inflated their numbers. Well, first of all, Brock Wilkins hit a shit ton of home runs on the road. Second of all, if you watch Brock Wilkin hit home runs, they're going to go out of most parks. Yes. <laughs> that's not, he's not someone that's going to struggle to leave the yard here. Uh, but to your point, Jake, I mean, they're here because the pitching, not just at the top, is amazing with guys like Red Louder. They have so much more depth 
than any of these other teams, I think, by far, and that is why they are the favorite. Correct. The one thing I think to know about them from like a strategic perspective is they move through the bracket. So they'll be playing Stanford in the first game. We'll get to them. They're on the same side of the bracket as LSU and Tennessee. If they can get through that first game without using Sean Sullivan, who's their dominant like multi-inning lefty freak reliever, and they can deploy him in the 1-0 game, that's going to, I think, be the key for this team. Let's talk about people on the club to care about. Three guys to care about. We're each going to give you one, and we will begin with Stephen Schock. All right, so not many people know this about me, but one of my good friends is the Wake Forest pitching coach, Corey Muscara. Who, have I told you guys that yeah. before? Here, here, how about this, Steve? How about you actually tell us the first time you met Corey Muscara? The first time I met Corey Muscara was in 2021. After, not that long ago at all. No, not that, it's recent. Wow. It's fresh. Okay. That's why it's so, <laughs> so potent. Still you know? honeymoon phase <laughs> yeah. for you and Corey. We're, we're still in the honeymoon phase of me mentioning him on our <laughs> podcast. Um, but no, so I went to a bridge seminar at Wake Forest to learn while I was there actually just to film the seminar and just hit record on a camera. Um, but I did accidentally learn a little bit, but he was hosting the seminar and he was just a great guy and we got to talk and we went out to, went out to lunch with the coaching staff and he was just like the coolest person, one of the coolest people I've met, you know, and I, I know you guys, which that's up. <laughs> Thank you, man. I met Corey Muscara's uh, wife and children. Uh, yesterday, and they were some high-energy rascals. Well, and, and presumably we will actually meet Corey Muscara today, which wow. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing if this person is real <laughs> in person for warmost. But I will say, too, for as annoying as it is that Steve brings it up on every show, the best pitching staff in the country. So I'm going to get mad he knows the pitching coach for the best pitching staff in the country. Are you going to complain that about pretty, that? That is pretty cool. That is undeniably pretty cool. Jordan, who do you care about on this team? Uh, I mentioned Brock Wilkin. I think he, he definitely is – I just I've been so impressed with him because when he showed up on campus, it was like, first of all, I mean, he was sort of well known in high school, but it was like, oh, he's got crazy pop. Is he going to turn into a great hitter? And then this year, and it helps that the rest of the lineup is so good. He was like, you know what? I can also take a shit ton of walks and I can just cut down my strikeout rate. And now I'm going to be a easy first round pick. I love this dude. He crushed on the Cape for multiple seasons. I know Steve loves that. And uh, I'm excited to watch him. If there's someone on this team that you would want to pick to hit the longest home run. Of the week? Yeah. He, he, him and Kurtz are both up there, right? Yeah. I know Kurtz is not eligible until next year for the draft, but he's – he's uh, Wilkin, though, is more prototypical. He's enormous. I will take Rhett Louder as the guy I care about. He is the front-line boy for this team. I believe, what, like the second-best starter ERA of anyone in the World Series behind Paul oh, yeah. Skeens. Yep. He will be like a top Unde- – He also undefeated this year. Skeens has lost this season. Or they, they have lost the game that Skeens has started. They have not lost the game that Louder has started all season. It helps when you've only lost 10 games total. But <laughs> yeah. Louder, the, it's basically like unproblematic Mike Clevenger with a plus plus changeup. He's got the long hair. It's like a similar high body, uh, like high effort kind of motion where he's very like twitchy. He is incredibly fun to watch. Yeah. Like, Unreal I command. Wait. Unreal command. And the other thing is it's like because he doesn't throw a 102, it's like, oh, he's not a hard – like he's still pumping it in there pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he can he can do it pretty hard. He's also a great artist. Did you guys know I, that? Dan, you learned that when you – Painting the corners? Know, right? Yeah. Painting the corners <laughs> and like the pictures. He's, Actually, oddly enough, a few paintings I've seen he's done, none of the focal points are the corners. It's really like <laughs> – It's right a lot of faces, which is like the David Ortiz MVP heat map. So he's pitching <laughs> – <laughs> He's painting the corners on the mound and the middle off. Yeah. We like to see that. Yeah. Nice. So for each team, we're also going to give you a little overview of the fan base vibe. And I have to admit, Wake Forest, I really don't have a great feel for yeah. what this fan base is like. Is it like prep Steve, meets you, you, south? Is it like Vanderbilt with vinegar barbecue sauce? What are we talking about here, Steve? Uh, it's. I was surprised with how much they knew about like just baseball in general like just talking the game with them i was really impressed with so intellectually i like them there fan base like crowd reaction wise they were relatively calm i would say in a good way when you played them because last week they were pretty loud (laughs) yeah well this is this is i'm talking mainly acc tournament when i was there sitting with them so i feel like a good amount of fans showed out for that so it gave a pretty good vibe but I think I, I like the vinegar barbecue sauce comp. I, I really like that. I would say that they probably have more passionate fans right now because of where they're at. So the fans are hot right now. Right. Like, I would imagine for Vandy, they're always good. And so there's no reason to get up for any particular year unless you have, like, you know, Kamar Rocker and Jack Leiter. 
Whereas for this year, like this is the time if you live in Winston Salem to give a shit about Wake Forest baseball. Yeah, and I, th- I think that's one of the problems they've had in the past was like people in Winston Salem were like, okay, yeah, there's a baseball team here, and like the baseball team was playing good, but they just didn't really have people showing out. Yeah. Uh, first time in Omaha since 1955. It is so weird to have that team be the clear-cut favorite when you have all these other yes. extremely famous programs. And so I'm curious how that will impact the team on the field. But like, as Steve said, attitude and talent-wise, uh, you can't really pick against them. Like, <laughs> there's, They're here as a favorite. They've earned it, and I, it's going to be hard to pick against them in general. Everybody knows about the Jello Shot Challenge here in Omaha where uh, fan bases go to a bar whose name I can't remember. Rocco's. Rocco's, and they buy Jello shots for one of the teams, and then they take them. We think that is a, it's fun, but not all the teams are prepared for that particular consumption. And so what we're going to do is for each team, we're going to banter a little bit, a little bit and think about what each fan base would win the competition by drinking. So I think what what's Wake Forest like soda, like Pepsi. I oh, hopefully not Pepsi. That's that's not I'd make me like them like them less. What do you I, think? <laughs> I like Pepsi form just because it's local. You know, it's right there. I think it was founded around there. Is, I want to say. Wait, if that's what? true, if that's true, I will be like, so impressed with you, Steve. I can't even begin to tell you. But uh, Jordan, go ahead. have you seen my body? Do you think I don't know much about soda? I gotta but say, look I, at that Pepsi, uh, New Bern, North Carolina. Ready? I don't know how close that is to Winston. New Bern is about an hour and a half, about an hour north of Wilmington. I, I think we give Steve those points. I think he, I yeah. think he nailed that. But, okay, because I was more specifically on the soda part, Cheerwine. Cheer wine. Oh. I like that. So if, if it's a cheer, a cheer wine shot challenge, we're given the title oh, to Wake Forest. Yeah. Founded not, in Salisbury, North Carolina, not too far away. Oh, there you oh. go. Yeah. Again, Winston-Salem's not that close to there, but that's fine. You know what? It is to say the right state. You nailed it, Steve. Let's move on it's to the for me. Let's move on to the Stanford Cardinal. And uh, they're back, baby. They're back. Let's let's go through the rest of these teams a little bit quicker, or else we're gonna be here for like two hours. Yeah, good point. Probably makes sense to spend the most time on Wake Forest. <laughs> uh, but let's talk about the Stanford Cardinal. How did they get here? They started the year as the number three ranked team in the country and pretty much lived up to the hype, hosting a regional, hosting a super regional, their third straight year in Omaha, which is very impressive. They went five and zero in elimination games to get here, losing the second game in the regional before winning three in a row. Four in a row? Three in a row. Three in a row. Three in a row. Three in a row. And then they uh, went and lost the first game of the Super against Texas before winning the final two games of that series. Also, not just the third year in a row for Stanford, but they're the only team here that was here last year. Right. Um, and which is cool for I think for us that we get it. You know, I'm, I'm excited to see them again in particular, but also see a bunch of new teams. But yeah, as usual, the team that's the best on the West Coast doesn't normally get that much attention. And then here they have a quite a dramatic postseason run. And a lot of these players we already watched in the World Series last year, so we're quite familiar with them. That's guys like Tommy Troy, Carter Graham. I know is your probably your favorite. You excited to see Carter? You gotta, I'm excited. You got to be excited Carter. to see Carter today. Charisma right? just oozes from that kid. He's tell me, excited. Tell me more. That's got to be the guy you care about. Yeah, yeah he he's 100 percent the guy I care about. I don't know if he dyed his hair this year. Had bleach blonde hair last year. I, I saw a few pictures of him with regular looking hair. Maybe he changed it. Oh yeah, the hair was a big part flight. of it last season. I'm curious what they'll what they'll be rolling with yeah, this year. You remember the kid with like the. I guess it was the Stanford color. You yeah, know, yeah, it was, uh, Trevor Haskins, who had like he. I mean, it looked like it was very unnatural <laughs> color, um, but that was very cool. I, I would say, I mean, Carter Graham's a good one for sure. I think my favorite thing about this roster is you have a combination of the extremely famous high schoolers, you know, draft guys, and then you have like Alberto Rios, who I really need to find out today was he even here last year? Yeah. Because he barely played. He was like the bullpen catcher, and then he goes and wins Pac-12 Player of the Year. So Rios is definitely the one I'm most excited about, even though there are so many other ridiculously talented players. I'll shout out quickly Drew Bowser and Quinn Matthews. Drew Bowser, huge prospect coming onto campus. Was pretty good his first two years, very good his first two years. Tailed off a little bit this year in his draft year, but has heated up big time. Home run in each of the three Super Regional games. Big players make big plays in big spots. But Quinn Matthews is the guy I really want to shout out because, again, he threw 156 pitches in a single game. It is one of the most unique things we've uh, we've and, seen since we've done the show. Which we didn't talk about last time is uh, is that he is studying elbow like recovery 
and yeah. has written ex- many words in the English language as a Stanford student about how elbows recover and, and whatnot. So yeah. he's like, yeah, sure, fuck it. Let's do it. I'm excited to talk to him. Uh, let's talk about the fan base vibe. To me, there was like a rich tech guy element to it, yeah, you which can't, is... You can't escape it. I mean, sorry. Sorry, Stanford. But that's... You're going to be in Palo Alto. That's kind of what you're going to get. Yeah, that's par, that's <laughs> par for the literal golf course near your field, I bet. I remember there was this like off-the-reels booster sitting behind home plate last year yelling during the Stanford games who felt like a character on Silicon Valley. <laughs> this is probably the richest fan base, I would say. Like if you're talking about who's got the money to buy like nice whiskey or like fine wine well, that's a good transition. or like yeah. a really really fun college baseball podcast you gotta think about that too you gotta think about that too uh what do you say what do you thanks have? kp what do you, oh oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> there we go there we go <laughs> i was like okay god i was like where are you going with this but the thing to know about them is like yes it's stanford and yes it's like a famous smart person school but at the same time like this is a California school. And when you bring a California school school here to Omaha where you're surrounded by all these like Southern teams, right? Their laid back vibe definitely stands out. Let's move to our consumption, substance consumption challenge. <laughs> Hummus, Pinot Noir, just, just weed. What about the green? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's the obvious answer, right? I mean, <laughs> I mean you, you think about not just wine, which was discussed on the other D1 podcast, right. but... The actual, you know, grapes may be used to to, to turn into the wine. Like we're going straight mm. raw. Byo wow. Pinot Noir grapes. <laughs> exactly. Perfect. Um, again, probably a little bit harder to just have readily available <laughs> to hand out by the dozen, but still. I do believe that greenery is now uh, legal or decriminalized here in the state oh. of Nebraska, oh, man, and so the Stanford Cardinal could, in fact, run the table in the Doobie Shot Challenge. Let's move on. <laughs> doobie Shot is a great term. <laughs> Let's go to LSU. LSU Tigers, they're here. And if there's one thing we've heard um, from the other Omaha veterans here, they said, oh, LSU in Omaha is different. Built different. Mm. I think, as Rooney described it, uh, it is a birthright <laughs> to attend the College World Series. And now here they are for the first time since, what, 2018, which feels yeah. like 50 million years. for 2017, sorry, uh, which feels like a, a lifetime for them. This but is the, the Jacob and Esau <laughs> of the College World Series. <laughs> and, also, and, you know, we just talked about, wait, how amazing is it that here LSU is not – as the favorite, I'm sure the team feels like they are, and, and they certainly do have a lot of pressure. But I, as I what I said about Wake, I still feel like when you have all the hype in the world coming into the year, you just have to get here. What happens after that? Who fucking knows? But they got here, and now they will have a, a very strong chance to get. But but Jake, how did they get here? So they got here by taking care of business and little more. They were the number one team heading into the season, the most famous team in college baseball. And for the first chunk of the season, they lived up to the hype. But then a rash of pitching injuries kind of decimated this team a little bit, and they scuffled for parts of the SEC schedule. Finishing the year, I believe, as the number five overall seed, kind of a disappointing slide as the calendar turned to May. But they did what they needed to do in the postseason. I believe that they went 5-0. and to get here, winning their own home regional, beating Kentucky in two games in their super. And I would say the biggest concern with this team right now is the pitching depth. They have started to solidify some things in the bullpen and in the rotation behind Paul Skeens. But it is a little bit lighter compared to some of the other teams that are here in Omaha, and they're going to need the star power at the top of the lineup do its job. And I will kick it to you, Steve. Who on this team do you care about? You ever just walk around and, like, you see someone you know, and then instantly your mood changes? Yeah, that's literally you, Steve. That's just... <laughs> that's how I feel about Kay Beloso, and I don't even know him that well. But I, I met him when we were in Round Rock, and we just talked. He was just a rock star of a dude. Like, I'm, I'm excited to see him. I think everybody should care about him because he's kind of turned it on this season which has been really fun to watch. I saw him in the lobby yesterday. He had an I Heart Steve tattoo on his forehead. So, you know, stay positive. I got to go get mine. Obviously, um, well, your I Heart Cade, I think, is what you're going for. Well, the Cade Beloso trajectory is pretty crazy, right? Like, he was, I think, Mr. Baseball in Louisiana at a high school, was incredible at LSU as a freshman. Injuries and poor play kind of bumped him down the depth chart, and now he's here as like a 20 
nine-year-old <laughs> super senior or whatever the fuck. He's, he's stunningly still 22. He turns 23 in a couple weeks. Yeah, but he's he, he's here. Su- he sure has the, the 23, 24-year-old oldest boy energy. But, yeah, he's been, he's been amazing. I mean, there's so many to choose from on this LSU team. And as Steve mentioned, we did get to hang out with them a little bit in Round Rock back in February. I mean, I look, you know, crew schemes are obvious. I'm going to go with Thatcher Hurd, who punched out 12 against Oregon State. This is a kid I was so high on when he transferred in. I could not talk high enough about him on all the season previews, saying that he was the guy that really could elevate this pitching staff. And he was just downright a mess for much of the season. And for him to kind of turn it on here down the stretch, I mean, that, that could be a total game changer because the talent is, is not in question, but, you know, he's still, you know, six walks per nine. That's that's not going to hold up here uh, in Omaha. Jay Johnson's going to be taking the shoulder to the mound and saying, yep. hey, Riley Cooper, can you come in and throw some strikes? <laughs> but uh, but I do like Thatcher Hurt. I think he could he could really show out here. So I'll just say the words Dylan Cruz. Thank you. He's the number going to be the number one pick in the draft. He's probably the best hitter in college baseball. And if he's not, he should be. If he's not, he should be. He's incredible. Watch him. But if there's one thing that – you listeners should take away from this podcast. Saturday night, Paul Skeens in Omaha. He is the best college pitcher we have seen since Steven Strasburg. He is electricity. When you watch him, you feel the voltage running through your veins. It's like being in a NASCAR car. Like like the rumble of the engine in the street like fills your bones when you watch Paul Skeens. That, that's a good point. I... Every time I see him pitch, I'm like, oh, that's like when I was in that NASCAR and driving around. So I, I love that. I love that comp. Thanks, Steve. I wanted to bring out the point. His mustache is really filled out as the season's yeah, progressed. Yeah, did you see what it looked like on the, on the Phenomenal. flight? Phenomenal. Oh, man. Phenomenal. He had a shirt on that said Pauly Fingers, too, which, like, banger of a T-shirt the, mixed the, with the stash. The vibe that he reminds me of, Jordan, is, like, you and I have become good friends with Carlos Rodon who I know is hurt right now for the Yankees, but when he was with NC State his sophomore year here in Omaha, it was like peak fuck you, I'm great energy all the time when he was on the mound. And Paul Skeens has that too. Like, he is so good, and he knows it with every ounce of his body. Let's move on to the fan base vibe. I mean, it is a mega superiority complex, but one that is deserved. Reminds me of, you know, on our real job we interviewed a-Rod the other week and it was like wow he's the most self-involved person ever but he hit 696 home runs and so you get to think you're the greatest and that is kind of how I feel about LSU college baseball is what it is in large part because of the energy that this fan base has brought to this event they said that on the other pod you know over the last the decades that we've had that we've been here in Omaha and I think that for them, like you said, Omaha is an expectation, a birthright. But their presence here, I would imagine for them, is a relief. They have not been here for some time. And I think they are going to come with energy, with fervor, and with a lot of alcoholic beverages, which brings us to substance consumption challenge. What do we got here for LSU? I mean, everyone is assuming that they are just going to go out and break Ole Miss's record from last year. And I think that's a fair assumption. So I don't know if we need to overthink this here. Like... They would probably win at a lot of these competitions. Uh, but, I mean, the pressure – is there more pressure on them to win the Jell Shot Challenge or win the College World Series? Well, I think the pressure is on the players to give the fan base long enough in yeah, that's Omaha. That's the key because that's, that's the one issue with the Jell Shot Challenge is we almost need, like, adjusted stats because obviously the teams that stick around for more than a week are going to have bigger totals. Uh, but to your point – I think it'll help them if they can kind of make a run. Steve, do you think the LSU Tigers baseball program allows the LSU Tiger fan base to win the Jell-O Shot Challenge? I, I think they give them a chance. They give them a chance. That's that, all you're asking for. By that, I mean they just got to make it. They just got to go through the pool play because I really think that the number is going to be pretty high. They just got to win uh, one game, I think. Yeah. <laughs> they have the like, off days, too. I like I like that, Steve. You're saying, like, you know, he, he gave us a chance to win the ball game. <laughs> they like, they gave him a chance by – coming to omaha that's like (laughs) literally i remember in the 2015 documentary about the uva team which they won it one of the big quotes was all you need is a chip in a chair yeah they got the chip in the chair i think i saw more ls poker chip okay so so you just need to have a seat at the table don't explain this seat at the table and one chip to bed steve you were 30 minutes late to this recording and we're on the (laughs) clock so please do not explain the entirety of that metaphor (laughs) i think i saw more lsu fans taking jello shots 
last year when they weren't here <laughs> than Stanford fans. So I feel Great pretty point. good about them. Let's really move on point. to the last team. Hey, everyone. We're going to take a quick break from our discussion to hear a couple ads from our sponsors. We could try to explain what it feels like to get your work done on a John Deere. The way a Z-Track mower finishes in half the time you thought it would. Or how much easier it is to move mountains of soil with a 1-Series tractor. We could even go into detail about how it feels to tow up to 4,000 pounds behind a Gator XUV. But if you really want to know what it's like to run with us, you just have to get in the seat. Learn more at johndeere.com slash get in the seat or visit a dealer near you. National Outlet Shopping Day is back. Join us June 8th and 9th at Simon Premium Outlets nationwide. Score thousands of can't-miss deals from brands you love all weekend long. They've got up to 65% off every day, and the National Outlet Shopping Day deals are even better. Visit premiumoutlets.com slash NOSD to find a premium outlet near you. That's premiumoutlets.com slash NOSD. With chocolate treats mixed into dark chocolate ice cream, the Tillamook Chocolate Collection is a chocolate game changer because the thing that pairs best with chocolate is more chocolate. Tillamook Chocolate Collection Ice Cream. Extraordinary Dairy. Hulu is coming in hot this month with new shows, new movies, and all new seasons of your faves. Don't miss FX's Clipped, the story of one NBA team's racial reckoning, starring Lawrence Fishburne. Stream a new season of Shorzy, the underdog hockey comedy that might just knock your teeth out. Then catch the high-speed drama Ferrari, starring Adam Driver and Penelope Cruz. Kick your streaming into high gear this month with so much new stuff to watch on Hulu. In this side of the bracket, the Tennessee Volunteers, they volunteer as tribute. How did they get here? After one of the most iconic, but also disappointing college baseball seasons in recent memory, they were dominant, but they fell to Notre Dame in the Super Regional last year in embarrassing fashion. They started this season ranked number two in the country, and they were supposed to have one of the best pitching staffs maybe ever. Unfortunately, that did not actualize right away. They had some rough moments. I believe they were even unranked for stretches oh, yeah, of the season, like unranked. them making it even into the postseason at all, into the field was in question for certain points of time. But down the stretch in SEC play, Things started to crystallize for them. They got hot. They went to the Clemson Regional, beat Clemson in that marathon game, won the Regional in Clemson, lost the first game of the Southern Miss Super before a very convenient rainstorm kind of rejuvenated and washed away all their sins, and they battled back to beat the Golden Eagles and bring Tony V to Omaha for the second time in three years. But what is this team's deal, Mr. Shock? They just have endless swagger. Like, they're, they're out there not only to compete and win, but to look really cool while they do it. And I don't even I don't even know if they have to try to look cool. If they are trying, they're doing a great job. If they aren't trying, I'm super jealous of them because they do look cool out there. The one thing I do want to point out from a vibe perspective about the team, not the fan base, the team. Last year, they made headlines and viral highlights for being very aggro and, like, in your face and fuck you. You know, we had the, the clip of, like, uh, Jordan Beck flicking off the center fielder. This team, these players, are decidedly less like that. And part of it has to do with how much offensive turnover they had year to year. There's only a handful of players who are back, right? But it's just important to know that this is not that team. Like, Tony V seems to have mellowed out a little bit. The guys who lead this team from a culture perspective are, like, Christian Moore and Maui Ahuna, who's like from Hawaii, right? Like he's very laid back and Blake Burke is from California. It's not the same Drew Gilbert punch you in the face kind of vibe from this team that it was last year. Now, Tony V is certainly still, he'll put the pedal to the metal when he needs to. Still handsome. Still handsome. But Steve, who do you care about on this team? Is it Tony V? It's Maui Ahuna. I do care about Tony V. He seems like a fun dude to play for. He just brings a lot of energy to it, which is awesome. But Maui Ahuna, like, I feel like he's quietly kind of changed the culture a little bit there where he he's always kind of seemed like the type of player who leads by example. So I feel like, you know, you get this guy Maui from Hawaii who's just silky smooth with the glove all laid back. That's a that's a sick setup and he's got to be a guy who people probably turn to in the locker room when they're going through a situation like, "Hey, how do I deal with this?" 
I, I feel like he'd be like the best advice guy. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, but <laughs> I feel like he would. Maybe I'll ask them today. I'll ask them yeah. today and get back to you guys, but I believe it. Just go up to Maui Huna and ask for some advice. Jordan, who do you care about on Tennessee? Uh, Huna is a hell of a shortstop. I know his offense has kind of been uneven this season, and we'll see how that impacts him in the draft. Blake Burke, you mentioned Brock Wilkin. If we're picking who can hit the farthest homer, you know, I think I have to go Blake Burke. And that's that's more about him than anything about Wilkin. There's a lot of incredible power hitters here. But the ball he hit against Southern Miss, and he's had some he, – and we've said this all year, like – them playing in tiny Lindsey Nelson is a disservice to the home runs that Blake Burke is capable of hitting. But here at this giant stadium, he could hit a ball somewhere where we have not seen anybody else hit a ball. And so I hope he gets the opportunity to do that. I want to shout out Chase Burns, who was in the rotation for Tennessee last year, had a super rough showing in the super regional. He allowed some big home runs against Notre Dame, got moved to the bullpen for Tennessee. That was a freshman last year. That was a freshman. Yeah. But getting moved to the bullpen after being in the rotation and being good in the rotation is really demoralizing. And a lot of players can't come back from that. He has. In the bullpen, he's run like 100 now. He was absolutely dominant in the Super Regional. I'm excited to watch him come out of the pen for Tennessee. What is the fan base vibe? Jordan, I would describe it as the new kid in your class who is really cool and really hot and absolutely knows it. Just like Steve, just like Tony Vitello. They are brash, they are bold, unforgiving, passionate, loud, and full of itself. But that is because they have created something very special in Knoxville. This fan culture is growing. It is on the way up. And it is real. Whenever they play Rocky Top, I get excited. Genuinely. Like, when I hear that being played after they win, like, that's like, mm, that's what college baseball is all about. Also, remember, uh, we all thought they would be here when we got here last year. Yep. That whole month leading up to coming to Omaha together, we were like, oh, my God, Tennessee, Tennessee, Tennessee. And she said, oh, Notre Dame said, sorry, it's going to be us instead. So now they get to be here. I know it's not quite the same team, but the fan base, I'm sure, will be very, very excited, uh, which is a good transition to what will they be consuming the best if they have the opportunity. I mean, I imagine they are going to try and hang with LSU. going to be tough, just probably from the sheer number of fans is going to be tough for them. But um, anything else that stands out? Uh, I, I I see Red Bull is something that they could really drink a lot of. Anything that gives you extra energy, mm-hmm. I feel mm. like, is something that they're going for. I mean, Jack Daniels is the obvious answer, Yeah, yeah that's a good answer, that's, too. That's also, I mean, I don't know how much they particularly care about Jack Daniels, but at least it's in the name. Yeah. So. I would say Moonshine. Okay, like, you know, you probably game. have like a vodka Red Bull, Moonshine Red Bull. Oh, oh, I like that. That Dangerous. is the answer. Uh, let's take a quick break and hear a word from our sponsors, and we'll be right back. Today's show is brought to you by Mixing in a Water. It's hot here in Omaha, and you're a big college baseball fan. The booze is everywhere, but make sure you pace yourself and mix in a water. Steven Shock has been mixing in a water since he was born in 1996. It's incredibly important. Mix in a water do it i'm still alive today um there was a week it was in december that i think i went a whole week without having water whoa <laughs> yeah don't know how why I, you know it just didn't occur to me to have you it drinking, i was drinking like soda moonshine or whatever. <laughs> I a 24 pack of ginger ale and i was like all right that should hold me up for a week <laughs> Incredible. But I should have mixed in a water. Had a terrible day the next day. (laughs) I bet you did. All right, let's move on. We have the other side of the bracket now. We go to Oral Roberts in. Steve, where's Oral Roberts? Oral Roberts is in Oklahoma. Oh, we're in Oklahoma. Oh, Oklahoma, where the wind comes sweeping down the rains, Oklahoma, where the waving wheat is oh so sweet. And the Tulsa, I knew that. That probably would make sense. I knew it was a famous Oklahoma city. I just didn't know which one. Tulsa, Oklahoma's Oral Roberts is here. How'd they get here? By the grace of God, Jordan. By flapping their pretty Hashtag little... Hashtag blessed. Hashtag golden blessed. Eagles are. Flapping their little golden eagle wings as much as humanly possible. But all jokes aside, what an incredible, phenomenal run for this group. The first four seed in Omaha since 2012 when Steve was only 35 years old. They stomped through the Stillwater Regional like they were the hosts and then bounced back from what should have been a death sentence, a teeth-knocking loss to Oregon, in game one of the Supers, after being up 8-0, they lost 
after being up 8-0 and came back and won the next two games, someone who was on that uh, super downstairs in the lobby last night, I think one of the producers for ESPN said, this team does not give a fuck. They do not give a fuck. We admittedly have not fought or watched a whole lot of Oral Roberts, but that is a very instructive and insightful phrase. This team does not give a fuck. They are playing with house money. So they don't give a heck. Yes. Well, let's be realistic about maybe how their fans are talking about things. Uh, 51 and 12, guys. They're 51 and 12. I don't care what league you're in. That is a crazy record to have coming into the College World Series. And But yeah, have a freaking Summit League team here is incredible, not to mention a four seed. Not the Golden Eagles we were expecting, but the Golden Eagles we will be uh, cheering on. One and, beef about that, yeah. they wear blue. Like, all yeah, of their stuff is blue. They should be the Blue Eagles. I totally agree with that. that well, where are is, the Eagles typically? In the confusing. sky. Uh, that's oh. true. That's a good point. Are you point. saying the blue is implied? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I do agree. It's it is oh. a strange it's a strange uh, combination there. Uh, which we'll, maybe we'll get some some. We'll, we'll have to ask them today. Like what what's your deal? What's your deal? I know you, Jonah Cox. You pick the you pick the mascot. You explain yourself. Uh, let's talk about these players. Who's on this team that you should care about? I just mentioned him, Jonah Cox. Guys, forty seven game hitting streak. That's that's insane. That's That'll do. Really, that's first of all, it's one thing to have like a thirty five game hitting streak during the regular season against the Summit League. But to carry it through the postseason and, and into Omaha is, is unbelievable. And I don't know if he – the interesting thing to watch here is, like, if, if Oral Roberts goes 0-2 and he finishes with an active hitting streak and gets drafted in the fourth round, like, he just never got – the hitting streak never ended. <laughs> he just – he finishes year only getting hits, and that would be pretty amazing. Eternal hitting streak. Steve, who do you care about on this team? Blaze Brothers, and it's for a strange reason because – this is to show you how far Oral Roberts has come within the year. So last year, Blaze Brothers hit for the cycle, and one of the Oral Roberts guys messaged me about it, and I was like, holy shit, the Blaze Brothers hit for the cycle. And I tweeted that two brothers hit for the cycle. And you did? I remember. It got caught very fast, and I deleted it before anyone called me an idiot. But Oral Roberts has played so good this year that I know Blaze Brothers and Jonah Cox are two different people, and it's only two people. He thought it's it was not... like Dave Blaze and Bob Blaze. The Blaze Brothers, great alternate name for Cheech and Chong. Um, yeah, that's a great call. With the legalization of weed so, here in, in Nebraska, <laughs> Steve and I are now going by the Blaze Brothers. Hey. Cool, dude. Uh, so hold on. So first of all, um, we have to, you have to tell Blaze Brothers this today. That's, yeah, that's I, incredible. <laughs> that's an all-time Big Donkey Forty Seven moment, and uh, I'm glad you corrected it. But hey, he is—he's very—he's one of their 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 faster, more more blazing players that they have. Him and Jonah Cox, both threats on the bases. Um, but Kay Denton, I know, is someone you're excited to see here, Jake. Yeah, I mean, it's very simple: closer, throw hard. That's it. I hope Oral Roberts gives him a chance to. I mean, be he's going to pitch anyway. Like, yeah. it's not like they're going to leave Omaha without him pitching. Um, but it would be cool to see him kind of close the door on what would obviously be, in any scenario, one of the biggest upsets in College World Series history. Because I know Fresno State won it all, but Stony Brook went 0-2, if I, if I recall, uh, yes. in Omaha. So if they can pull off any victory here and they'll get TCU tomorrow, that, that would be just absolutely amazing. Now, what is the vibe of the fan base? So the school is, I would say, very different than the other large <laughs> state schools in Stanford who are here kind of a more fundamentalist Christian school who, to be totally frank, have some things written into their school charter that, you know, I don't particularly vibe with on an ethical level, particularly how it, you know, maybe pertains to uh, gay folks across this country. That being said, not everyone on the team subscribes to everything that the school is about. Mm -hmm. We know we have a very good friend of ours, Russ Dorsey, mm -hmm. who went to ORU, who I know is, you know, he kind of explained to me a little bit that, like, just because the school is one thing, it doesn't mean that the baseball team is like necessarily a part of that culture all the time. Obviously, it's related in some way, but like I think the guys on this team do uh, booze. That that said, uh, substance consumption challenge, Steve. I mean, there's there's a lot of jokes we could make here. I just think, if anything, if they are gonna you know adhere to a more uh, straight-edge lifestyle, they should be mixing in waters all week. Mixing in some holy waters. I, I mean, I know uh, Aaron Fitt made a joke about how people will be buying them jello shots just because it's funny to have the Oral Roberts count, you know, racked up. Uh, and I think that probably will happen. But, yeah, let's just let's just keep it some non-alcoholic brews. <laughs> That's fair. I, I would say any plastic bottle liquor because you, you can sneak them in places. Mm. That's why – so, like – when you're on campus there and it's like, hey, you can't have alcohol, your bag's clanking, it's like no go. But you got the plastic <laughs> bottle, no clank, 
You're good to go. Wow. That's, no clank. That's that is very good reasoning. All right, let's move to TCU. Uh, the second most Christian team <laughs> in their first round matchup, even though they have Christian in the name. How did this team get here? They were 23 and 20, and they were going to be spending their June on vacation or in the Cape or the Northwoods League. Now they're 42 and 22. You can do that math. W11 coming in. Less star power than maybe some of these other teams. They were a two seed, not like a wire to wire contender, but they are a damn good team. Who on this squad do you care about, Steven Schkoch? Trey Richardson, and not just because he's one of the only players to randomly follow me on Instagram, we love but it. because he hit two home runs all season, goes into regionals, hits four yeah. in regionals. I don't know how many he hit in supers or if he hit any, but doubling your home run count when the team needs you to. It's pretty sick. Agreed. I wonder if that was the pregame team meeting. Like, all right, what's the offensive game plan? Uh, Trey's going to hit four home runs this weekend. <laughs> all right, sounds good. Coach Sarlos is like, all right, boys, big moment here. Trey, we're going to need four out of you. Great break. Uh, very excited to talk to Kirk Sarlos, by the way. He seems like the absolute man. I'm going to shout out Cole Fontenelle here, a guy who from the Seattle area started his career at UW before going to a JUCO in Texas and ending up at TCU. Just been unbelievable. Uh, a rare switch, switch hitter. Not a ton of switch hitters in this tournament, but he is one of them. Uh, I know Braden Taylor, who's going to be a first-rounder, gets a lot of attention, as he should, but Cole Fontenelle has been carrying this offense along with Richardson and Taylor for quite some time. I asked Kendall Rogers how Texas is this fan base on the scale of Texas college baseball schools. And not to out him, he ranked it decently low, Jordan. I think TCU is like they own cowboy boots, but they're not wearing them on the farm, if that makes They're not on a ranch. This is more of like Dallas Metroplex, mm. Fort Worth, it's like 40, McMansion suburbia. Sure. 40 grade yeehaw. Similar to like buying Tim's and not doing any sort of blue collar work. <laughs> that, is, that is like most of New York City. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, but yeah, that's interesting. That is, and we'll see. We'll see if that, that fan base can uh, prove us wrong. That's another fan base that certainly used to come in Omaha, but it has been a while. So I'm curious how they kind of react coming back here. But and this is a fan base that knows the grind, boys. They sure do they know do. the grind. And we're going to save that for another podcast because we need to end this podcast. But I will say about TCU, that's the interesting part. Is it's like TCU, Omaha, you associate them together. But they're like the, they feel like a huge underdog relative to these other teams. And just in general, not the team that you're thinking yeah. of as an Omaha you know, mainstay. I'm really happy they're here. Like in my head, the teams that are here, it's like six teams – who I thought would be here, TCU, Gap, or Roberts, right? <laughs> right. I'm, I'm excited to see what TCU is all about. Substance consumption challenge. Steve, what do you got? Ah, oh, geez. Not seltzers, just regular old beers. I think I think that's the way to go. Maybe, honestly, I could see some seltzers flowing here. I don't know why. I don't, I don't Because you just what... said not seltzers. Those were the last words out of your mouth. Yeah, so I'm going back. I'm backpedaling here. I think I'm going seltzers. I but... think anything cold with fizz yeah. and a hop. Is gonna alert this. I'm gonna group. go Whataburger, uh, patty melts. There you go. Uh, <laughs> I've gotten <laughs> drunk off those many times. Honestly, I think more likely to take you to the hospital by consuming ten of them than Jello shots. <laughs> Jello shots, interesting. <laughs> All right, let's move on to the Gators, uh, the Florida Gators, who will be taking on uh, Steve's beloved UVA Cavs. But the Gators, how did they get here? Well, another team that we kind of expected to be here. And honestly, like they, I guess they had a couple stretches in the where it was like the bullpen's a mess, had some injuries. But generally, the first half of the season was all about Jack Caglione hitting a million homers. And then the second half of the season was about Wyatt Langford uh, putting up just as good numbers as Dylan Cruz. And they got healthy on the mound. And Hurston Waldrop's fucking awesome. And uh, BT Ryapel's been amazing down the stretch. So, I mean, I, I'm not super shocked that they're here. Um, but also, it is kind of nice to have Florida back. Uh, in in Omaha, they have not been here since 2018, which is also kind of weird. So yeah, it feels like uh, it, it's both not surprising, but we do have to remember it has been a little stretch here for the Gators. Steve, you saw this team in person this year. What was kind of your takeaway? I, I really liked them. They kind of played not really confident baseball, but still good baseball. So you're saying think, they played unconfident baseball? Yeah, early in the season. Okay, I, like it was like it was like when the pretty girl or there's a girl and like over summer in school. She gets way better looking, and she doesn't know it yet. I think that's kind of where they were at, where they got the new stadium. Everything was great, and, you know, stock was low. People weren't really showing up as much as usual, and 
you know, you can get the new stadium, new amenities, put the team in there and play at a high level and people start showing up. Yeah, I will say it did, it did seem to elevate. I often was saying that it still just looked like kind of a glorified spring training complex, which said to how nice it was. Mm-hmm. But it didn't feel rowdy. And I felt like we sort of saw more of that oh, in the in the postseason. Way more of that. I mean, this yeah. is skipping yeah. ahead to the fan base vibe, but like we were dunking on them for how vacant the place looked and how lifeless it was. I think they set attendance records for the state of Florida. Yeah. For both of those, it helps to have a lot of games. seats. It does help, but that <laughs> atmosphere was way better yes. than it's been, and I think that's a credit to the team itself. You mentioned BT Ryapel. Steve, tell me about him. He is a man amongst boys. He will be playing against former Chanticleer teammate Nick Parker, um, and he's just like he's one of those guys who I feel like he could be a pretty decent college coach right now. Mm-hmm. Just from seeing him in the dugout, how much he's working to absorb from the coaches that are there. It's just one of those things that I really love to see because it's like, hey, I came from another program. I want to learn as much as I can in the one year that I'm here. And he's really just taken it all in, which has been awesome. And he also, when he gets a hold of the baseball, it is like a cannon is going off. It is fun to watch. I'll shout out Jack Caglione. Good shout out. Uh two-way guy it's like what if Shohei Otani wasn't quite Shohei Otani because comparing anybody to him is irresponsible left-handed and didn't throw strikes <laughs> but sometimes when he does throw strikes so it's Damn. incredible he, two-way guy for Florida he finished in the top five of home runs right nationwide I believe dude, dude he's, no, he's number one he's no, oh so yeah Jack but he played a lot of games he played more games than the yeah, kid at yeah but, but yeah but no but so he's so he's at number one this is I mean he, he's at 31 and Brock Wilkins at 30 and the record, the BB Core record, is Ivan Melendez, 32. Well, right, 32 like, or 33? Like 32. Sosa McGuire. Yeah. So we we could see, you know, Homer history uh, this week in Omaha. Love but that. I agree. But I'll, but Jack Kaglin also pitches. So that's pretty cool. Uh, fan base vibe. We kind of crapped on this team. And I think, like, Florida's relationship with the sport of baseball from a fandom perspective is kind of very bizarre. But I'm curious. It's a great opportunity to, to prove us wrong. Like, I, I'm. it's not like there aren't a lot of Florida fans. Of course. You know? and like, it's, they, they should conceivably able to show out here like that's a sneaky if if you if you could gamble on the jello shot challenge they might be good you might be able to get good odds on florida just because of the number of people that are going to be coming number of people and how late they might play into exactly. the tournament that's the thing so that's they're a stealth contender there for that exact reason i am expecting a lot of fishing shirts a lot of yeti coolers from this team i hope someone brings a real gator into the parking lot on a leash and lets steve pet it that is what I'm looking forward to. Substance consumption challenge, Stevo. I'm I'm going screwdrivers. Ooh, I don't even know. Just just because orange. Yeah, it's no, the I, only I got reason. That. Thanks. Thanks for explaining, Steve. <laughs> yeah. All right, uh, Steve, you need well quickly. To, oh, yeah. I, I think swamp water. <laughs> something to keep Delicious. an eye on. Shots of that. Shots of that's, muddy water. That's horrible. I hate that. Uh, but thank you for <laughs> yeah, that there idea. There was a fermenting rabbit upstream. Uh, what about sunscreen? <laughs> <laughs> um, Steve, uh, we, we all need to go get our uh, credentials here uh, soon, which means uh, I'm going to limit you to three minutes to talk about the UVA Cavaliers. Jake and I aren't even going to say anything. Yeah, so I was going to say. So go ahead. I am looking three at minutes, the clock. just riffing. You have three minutes to Starting. talk about UVA Cavs and what you are excited about this year. or In, in this uh, Omaha, they are back for the first time since you were here, right? Did anything happen when you were here? I don't remember. Uh, go. You have three minutes and then we will end this podcast. Go ahead, starting now. They got here because they sacked up in Super Regionals. They lost the first game to Duke, and they went home, and they said, you know what? This sucks. Let's not do that again. So they didn't do it again. They went out, and they just played two complete ball games against Duke where they really they ran up the scoreboard a little bit, but they also pitched very well. And that's one of the things that I'm interested to see because I feel like in the tournament when – when you don't use your bullpen that much, that's when you're going to make those deeper runs, and not just because your starting pitchers are going longer, but because those bullpen arms, they aren't seen. So it's like if I'm scouting this team, okay, watch the Super Regionals. How did this bullpen arm do? Well, he didn't even throw. So we don't know if he's on or if he's off, um, which, you know, for coaches of – you are managing that bullpen and can be like, okay, well, we don't know what we're getting. But they do inner squads and things like that, so they know what they have and what they have ready. But I'm just excited to watch these guys play in Omaha. I know Kyle Teal has been dying to get back here. I firmly believe, like, 
if they don't win it here and someone mentions the idea to Kyle Teal that he could come back, there's a legitimate like no. idea and he wouldn't do it no. he wouldn't do it but he would consider it this like that's this is here steve it's okay we know kyle teal loves virginia we, he doesn't have to prove it by turning down five million dollars <laughs> come on no i'm just telling you where he's at when it comes to playing college baseball in the college world series he would never actually do it but he would think about it to any scouting directors listening that's called <laughs> leverage motherfucker yeah um Pay the boy. Um, but, no, just like the whole team, watching Jake Geloff hit home runs in Omaha in person is, like, one of the coolest experiences I've ever had, and I think more people should do it. So I'm excited for more people to get that opportunity here and just watch him extend the home run records he's already set. It, And, of course, my friend Brian's home. Your he's, friend Brian. He's home. Your friend Brian. Uh, Steve, are you going to be taking any jello shots on behalf of the University of Virginia? Only about 40. <laughs> okay. We should pick one day where that's all Steve. That's Steve's whole day. It's just single-handedly raising UVA. Going around trying to get people to take a oh UVA. Oh, my God. All right. I think, I, love I think we should end it on that note. Thank you, Stephen Shock. Thank you, Jake Mintz. This has been the first College World Series preview episode of the Shock Factor podcast. We will be back later tonight Woo! with our media day reactions before the games get started tomorrow. Uh, but until then, Steve, say goodbye. Bye, everybody. I'll see you later. Bye. Shock Factor Podcast is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please give a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcasts. National Outlet Shopping Day is back. Join us June 8th and 9th at Simon Premium Outlets nationwide. Score thousands of can't-miss deals from brands you love all weekend long. They've got up to 65% off every day, and the National Outlet Shopping Day deals are even better. Visit premiumoutlets.com slash NOSD to find a premium outlet near you. That's premiumoutlets.com slash NOSD. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today.